Hey there, I'm Victoria, a certified Christian life coach, author, motivational speaker, and university educator, and I am obsessed with helping you navigate through life's ups and downs so that you can live day by day in God's peace despite the many external demands on your time and energy. The Choose to Think Inspirational podcast is about the delicate dance between God transforming you from the inside out and your personal responsibility for change, maturity, and refinement as a Christ follower. On the show, I'll help you connect the between your faith and your life in practical, meaningful ways while giving God room to do what only He can do and so that you can shine your light for Christ and be better equipped to serve your family and help others around you. You can change every area of your life one thought at a time. Welcome back to the Choose to Think Inspirational Podcast Brain Changer. Let's dive in. Welcome back, everyone, to the Choose to Think Inspirational podcast. We have a special guest on the show today, and her name is Martha Bolton. Let me tell you about Martha. She is the author of 88 books. Okay, so I have like three books, and Martha has 88. You're like, what? She's an Emmy nominee, a Dove Award nominee, and the, quote, with author on three New York Times bestselling books. <laughs> She's amazing. She was nominated for a Writers Guild Award um, for the Emmy-winning Bob Hope, The First 90 Years. Martha was Bob's first full-time female staff writer and and wrote for his TV specials, personal appearances, and special events. She's also written for Phyllis Diller. Now, some of these like Bob Hope and Phyllis Diller, you know, if you're of the younger generation and listeners on the show, you might think, who are those people? Go look them up. Um, but she's written for them. Mark Lowry, a Christian comedian you might and singer, you might know him. Shonda Pierce. Oh my goodness, Shonda Pierce. We love Shonda Pierce. Jeff Allen, and numerous others. Since 2010, she spent much of her time developing and writing projects that are fun, engaging, intense, and hilarious for Blue Gate musicals. She was the playwright for the Confession musical, which airs here shortly. I want you to go make sure that you see that. Two worlds collide when a young Amish girl discovers she was adopted. As she seeks her biological family, she has to overcome the obstacles of a lost fiance, a shunning, you know what that is, a shunning, and a crafty gold digger who seeks the fortune of her birth mother. What's so curious about it is it's a musical, but it's a movie. So you get kind of both feels there. It's just so beautifully done. You may recognize John Schneider is Dylan. That's the gold digging husband. And then of course, I already mentioned the Christian maid servant, which is played by Shonda Pierce. We just chatted so candidly. We talked about the confession musical movie. We talked about uh, Martha Bolton herself and how her career, the trajectory of her career and how she started. We talked about when she came to know the Lord. We talked about Bob Hope because she wrote for Bob Hope and she's written recently put together with Bob Hope's daughter, a book that catalogs many of the letters that Bob wrote to some of the World War II veterans and service individuals. We talk about laughter. And I really love that segment because how do you even write jokes? How do you write jokes for other people? What's the connection and all of that? And without further ado, here's Martha. Welcome to the show, Martha. We're so glad to have you here. 
My pleasure. Thanks for inviting me. We're just going to take a deep dive. And everyone knows about you already professionally and some of your amazing adventures in life. But can you kind of peel back the the layer here, the top here, and just tell us who is Martha and maybe even share your salvation experience with, with everyone? I'd love to know that. I started writing when I was nine years old. I wrote a little book called No Fun Being Young. <laughs> <laughs> about being the youngest of five kids and I still have it I I saved it all these years but I I just loved to write it that's where I feel I processed life at that young age and continue to do so to this day in those books the the little composition books uh I I talk about when I gave my life to the Lord which was around uh, six years old And uh, so I I write about that. And I've just, I was, I grew up in the church. I was, um, my brother was a preacher. I was raised in the church. My uncle was a preacher. That's where I started writing uh, as far as for other people. I I wrote for myself. I wrote poetry, taped it on the wall above my bed, by my bed. I had all these poems up there. I always knew that writing would be a hobby, but I never, ever dreamed or even thought about it being a career. I I just didn't equate the two that you could do that for a living. When life dealt a couple of blows right after I got married, I got married young at 18 uh, and my husband was 22. We experienced when we started to want to have a family, we experienced some uh, hardships and had a miscarriage and then a full-term stillbirth. And to get out of the house, I want not to get out from him but just to get my mind on other things besides the tragedies we were dealing with the church had I knew they were looking for a secretary so I thought well that might be kind of fun and you don't realize these little steps you take that are in God's plan but you don't see it through that I started writing church plays I started doing like the I do speak but I feel very comfortable behind the typewriter. That's that's where I love to be. I love writing for other comedians. I I love writing plays. All of that was birthed back then all throughout my life. So I've just continued on that path and God has just opened up doors. And there was a moment early in my career where I was at a, a conference, writer's conference, where you stood and, and dedicated your writing to God. And and I did that, just me and, you know, just among everybody else that was doing it, but to dedicate it. And then also when things started happening in the secular world to where I, I had the opportunity to write for secular comedians and then came on staff with Bob Hope, I always still had the church work. I wanted to that to go along with the other. I didn't want to, I just wanted to write in both worlds and, and I've been able to do that. I Just to be so like uber basic here, you were the playwright for the Confession musical, correct? The playwright. Correct. What correct. is a playwright? <laughs> well... Um, we took Beverly Lewis. Everybody knows who Beverly Lewis yes. is. We took her, her trilogy. That was what we were going to do a musical about. So I, I read all three books and underlined and dog-eared all the places that I thought would be a good scene and uh, the different characters. Because obviously you can't take three full novels and put it all on stage or it'd be a 12-hour musical or longer. Yeah. I picked 
you know, different scenes that I thought would make a good scene and different characters. And I added comedy in it with several characters that I thought could have comedy. They they could be the comic relief because it, the topics are pretty heavy. So I, I felt it needed comic relief. So the Dylan character, uh, who is the husband uh, in the English world of a wealthy woman. So I, I had a lot of fun with that. And John Schneider plays that role and he does yes. an excellent job. Yes, he and, does. Uh, so there's a lot of comedy with him or at his expense anyway, <laughs> but he, he, he does great. And then Shonda, her right. there was a lot of uh, room there to add comedy to her character who was the dying woman's uh, best friend and uh, and and she's on to Dylan's. She's pretty much the one that figures it all out. That was uh, that's the process. And then uh, from from all those years of writing plays for the church, you know, I, I love doing dialogue. I love playing around with words and, uh, you know, just making the whole thing come to life on the stage. That pretty much is the playwright's job. And then we have the composer who comes in and writes original songs that come out of the scenes. There it's a solo or it's a full cast or, you know, some variation thereof, but it's a group effort. Uh, and then Dan Postema, who's our producer, he's involved in it uh, very closely as well. So that's our team. And we've been having fun. We're on our 14th musical right now and the confession was our first so that's we're hoping to just keep going but we've been having a good time up in different areas in the in the country Amish country we were in Indiana and um, Florida Ohio and Pennsylvania Wow. Yeah, it's absolutely beautiful. As I was watching the screener, I just marveled at how it's a musical, but it's like a movie at the same time. And so you get the musical feel, even with the backdrops, they were just stunning. As you're looking at it on as a movie, it almost like when the people were standing in front of the background, depending on where the camera actually was, it almost looked like you were right there. They were there like a movie movie. Whereas then they would pull back and you got the theater feel, the, oh, this is a live kind of thing, almost as if it were live. And, but it was not performed live, correct? I know it was live, but there were cuts and takes and redos. Is that right? What happened was we had two nights of filming and they were live shows. Okay. they uh, were about a thousand people each night. They were sold out. They filmed both nights. After that, they took, you know, bits and pieces from each night. And then they also staged a few um, that added and then some some atmosphere filming that they did to get the, you know, the surroundings and whatnot. So it's a it's a it was an adventure to blend the two. And yeah. it was an exciting part of the whole project was that it was not only you're seeing a live show, but it's also a movie. So that was an interesting thing to do. But uh, we sure enjoyed it. And the audience seemed to enjoy it. They were very, uh, uh, very positive about it. And we're we're hoping that all across the country, because it's going to be in 1500 theaters, yes. and we're hoping that we're taking people to Amish country if they can't get there or we're wetting their appetite if they would like to come and see some of the other shows. And then the film is also going to be uh, on up TV around Easter. 
So mm, wonderful. Is it February 20? Three o'clock and seven o'clock showings at their local time, fathomevents.com, yeah. or they could go to confessionmusicalmovie.com. Yes. And have, you can buy your tickets there and and all the information will be there. I want to circle back a little bit to one of the things I've already read in your bio. And it says, since 2010, she, talking about you, has spent much of her time developing and writing projects that are fun, engaging, intense, and hilarious. So what does all of that mean? How, how do you <laughs> find all of that and put all that together? Like I was saying, when I'm reading the books, I they jump out at me because you just are, you know what you're looking for. And when you see it, uh, it just jumps out at you. But I like, and, and the whole team, uh, we enjoy that where the audience can come and they're going to laugh. They're going to be moved. They're going to hear a message as far as it's not preachy, but it's going to move your heart. Absolutely. And, uh, and you're going to leave uh, with the feeling of hope and and just a good feeling. And that's a nice way to leave a theater. Mm, I love that. Yes. And I love Shonda Pierce anyway. So as I was watching that, it is funny. I mean, I was laughing out loud as I'm watching parts of this. She did such a great job <laughs> and it was all like Shonda-ish. Do you know what yeah. I mean? I mean, yeah. she brought a lot of who we know her to be into that character. I was like, nah, nah, nah. you know, just all her amazing expressions. <laughs> it was just so funny. But, you know, that thing of humor and laughter is so important. You know, sometimes I can go my whole day long and I'm like, oh my gosh, all this whole day, I have not smiled one time. Power though of smiling and laughter and humor why do you think that that is so important? For me, I, I kind of know it's a it, it's a game changer. It, and if I can kind of tap into that a little bit more, right. but what do you think about just the whole humor and laughter thing? Why is that such a big deal for Christians or anybody? Number one, it was a gift from God. He gave us yes. the equipment to laugh. So he intended for us to use yes. it. You know, there's very little body parts that we don't use every day. And that's one of them that he gave us that equipment to laugh. Mm. But I also think that, you know, it's very hard to be down in the middle of a belly laugh. <laughs> it just goes away. You cannot possibly think about anything depressing <laughs> when you're belly laughing. That's right. And it's you feel good afterwards you know you had a belly laugh especially one of those that just goes on and on where you're bouncing off of each other and <laughs> you know one tops another one and it just goes but there's such a good feeling after that that you would think we'd use it more often mm -hmm. and we'd allow ourselves usually when when you don't laugh there's something that you're holding back you, you, you're saying that this part of life is so bad, I can't laugh. And sometimes that's the truth, but laughter does help you get through it. You know, we all know life can be tough and maybe you can't laugh about what you're going through, but find some place over here where you can laugh because it does take your mind off of the, off of the hard things, at least briefly and makes you feel better and it makes it that much easier to do it the next time. It's a tool. It's another medication that's totally natural and yes. we can use it as often. There's no uh, limit to how many times you can <laughs> use it per day. And it and it lasts you. It, it just really gets you through life. 
what do you do personally like to to foster laughter in your life and humor what do you any tips for us what can we do well I'm always on the lookout for it if I see something funny in my head I'll I'll, I'll say something or I'll say it out loud but I'm I'm constantly doing that so I'm always cracking myself up even if it's at two or three o'clock in the morning I'll <laughs> I'll just you some thought comes in and and you just go with it. So I do that. I, I watch I watch funny movies if I can. I watch I love to watch old funny uh, you know some of the funny old sitcoms that yes. uh, so many of us they're, you know they're treasures that we've got. Before long, you're watching those things, especially if you're going like YouTube or one of those, and you're going from one to the next. And before long, you've realized you've laughed a whole hour or you've laughed <laughs> a few hours. You know, it's contagious. It's something that you find yourself you know, getting sucked into really quickly because you're laughing. If I, if I get down or whatnot, I, I do those kinds of things, or I usually find something funny to laugh at. It doesn't take much and I'm on the lookout for it all the time. I love, I love it when somebody will say, Hey, look at this, or here's a funny video or whatnot. If it's a downer, then I'll, you know, leave it and go to something that's going to make me laugh because I just know the the health benefits of it. And then also just makes your day go easier if you've laughed a lot during the day. My husband and I, it's one of the things I love about him is that we just, we laugh so daggone much. And it's, <laughs> it's, I mean, it doesn't take much and we'll then just get on a roll because that's the kind of team that we are always telling, you know, we're just the best team. But a part of that is that we share so many silly little things together and just laugh. I marvel also how you, Martha, you wrote for Bob Hope and you wrote Mark Lowry, I think even, right? Yeah, and yeah, yeah you. so you're, yeah, and you're, but are you, are you literally, when you do that, do you write their jokes for them or do you, how, what does that look like? Yeah, you, uh, well, first of all, you have to get to know their voice. And okay. for for the different ones, I you know, with Mark, I've written for Shonda and different comedians, uh, Phyllis Diller. But it you learn their voice so that whatever you write, the joke that you're writing, it's tailored to them. It sounds like them so that when they're delivering it, it sounds like something that came either came off of the top of their head or they, um, you know, it's in their it's in their style. It's in their voice. So it takes a little bit to you know go back and forth and then you start seeing especially if it's a new a new uh comic to you it um you go back and forth and then you see what they like and then uh the ones they pass over or the ones that they like yeah and you start seeing okay well this this didn't quite sound like them but this one does and then after a few times then you really nail their voice and then you then you just it's second nature to you okay i'm writing for this person right now and you you write in their voice and um you know it's something that you learn you train you have to train yourself to do it and i and men or women you know i've learned to do that because when i started in church when i was roasting the pastors and the different people it was often men that i was writing for so i had that skill of of knowing that voice and then uh you know, then you write for Phyllis Diller, you write for, you know, somebody else, another female, and then you, you learn their voice, whatever their voice is. So, um, what a uh, gift. 
Such a <laughs> gift. Yeah. Do you have like a favorite joke or a favorite story? Any funny story you could share that comes to mind? <laughs> oh, there's there's so many, so many funny stories that that have happened with with each of them. Uh, I, you know, I have I am in the middle of work writing my memoirs right now. Good. So I'm going through and and remembering all of these funny times that that happened with with the different ones um with um i remember one it's not, it's not so funny but it was it it, it kind of ended up funny but i was delivering jokes to bob hope's house and uh his he had a dog named snow job and he, <laughs> he was this big dog and he came up as, as I'm walking down and i was always a little afraid of him because he was so big so big but I dropped the material off at the at the uh, his assistant's desk, and then as I'm walking out, that he came up to me. The dog did, and then he starts, uh, you know, putting his nose down by my feet. And then, quick as anything, he just took a plug out of the top of my foot. So it it uh, he bit you. He, he bit, bit you. Me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we thought of the jokes. I guess I don't know. <laughs> But uh, the next day I got a telegram from Bob Hope that, um, and they had taken care of me as far as like getting me to the doctor, or, you know, the ER and whatnot with the bite. But I got a telegram from him because he he had been on a plane getting ready to, to leave. And so he couldn't do it before he left. But when he landed, then he sent me a telegram that said, Dear Martha, please come back soon. I'm ready for another hors d'oeuvre. Love snow job. <laughs> <laughs> so he made it okay. So. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> That's too funny. Oh my goodness. Well, so you mentioned your memoir. Is that what's kind of next for you, Martha? What's on tap for you? Yeah, that's what I'm, I, I'm in the middle of, well, I'm working on about three right now, but, but that, that one, uh, I'm having three, three memoirs, three, three different books. <laughs> okay. <laughs> one for each, like, oh, this Martha, this Martha. <laughs> well, no, they're, the other two are different, but, but gotcha. the, the, the memoir is, um, uh, it's been fun because I, I pretty much saved everything <laughs> from from my whole career so I'm going through all of these you know scrapbooks and books and photographs and mm. I'm just having such a fun time uh, getting getting it all put together and um, looking forward to, to it coming out but it shows you know I could see in looking at it that that journey that path that that so much was um, orchestrated for me and I didn't you, you don't see it at the time although you know you see it a little bit and you go oh this is really neat but then you look back on it later and you go you know if I had done this it would have went this way and if I didn't do this it would have went this way and you see how it all just came together and so it's, it's been fun it's the right time for me to get it all down I've I've uh, I've I've got a, quite a body of work as far as, you know, all these memories. So, oh my, I would say condensing that would be really difficult. Yeah. Yeah. But would. you would be using your <laughs> trained, your skill, even in your own life and all of that literature and all that work and the scrapbooks and the images and the different pursuits. I'm sure you're just skimming and scanning for those that really stand out and right. that you want to put in that memoir so that's right. curious too to think it's all kind of coming full circle in yeah. a way 
Well, who would you like thank most in your life? Who's been most influential for you? Or is there anyone you would say, you know, if I could thank this person from my journey and we'll just say God aside, because I know you're grateful and thankful to the Lord. You've even mentioned that and how you see his handiwork in your life and those touch points, those moments where he's so guided you and directed you but is there anyone else in your life that you would be especially appreciative of or grateful toward there yeah and it's hard to pick the you know one but uh definitely my husband at the at the beginning because I was and all the way through but I I was doing other work at the time when I started selling to comedians and I was you know I'd I'd work on the jokes that I would send. I'd send them in and, and they were buying, at, you know, Phyllis Diller being one of them and different ones. And, and I, I, I had it in my heart. I got this feeling that if I could, if I went for it, you know, meaning because you only have so many hours in the day. So I thought, well, you know, if I quit my job that I had and really put all my efforts into this, I thought that it might happen. And I told him that, and he gave me the best piece of advice. He said, well, if you're going to do that, then treat it like a real job mm-hmm. and put in you know, real job hours and real job efforts, even though you don't have a boss, but do that. I did. And that's, that was a great piece of advice because, you know, at at the beginning, you're not selling as, you know, what it doesn't start right away. So there was a lot of faith. It got pretty tough there for a while, but I kept doing the, you know, eight hours a day, writing and writing and writing and writing and writing, submitting and submitting and submitting. So definitely, definitely that piece of advice. And then all the support through the years, of course. Mm. And then the other person would uh, be Gene Parrott, who is the one that recommended me to Bob Hope. That that was life-changing when when he did that. He opened that door and and he was such an encouragement to me all the way through. Mm -hmm. He walked me through, because I tend to be shy. And so in the writers' meetings, it, it was just me and all these guys. And in the writers' meetings, I would be quiet. I would hold back. And he was the one that kept pushing me to, to speak up more and kept, if we needed to go into, uh, Uh, Bob's dressing room he would say come on Martha come with me and he just he just kept opening both literal doors and Mm. uh, and creative doors that that I'm forever grateful to him he he totally changed my life oh indeed and what a wonderful tribute there I I see the book that you have about the letters and the correspondence can you just talk for a second about that Martha what a what an opportunity that was. The neatest thing about it is this happened, this this started when Bob was alive. And I had come across the letters that these soldiers from World War II had written him. And I I was so moved by the the relationship that he had with these soldiers and that they just adored him. But it was funny, it was serious, it was uh, they called him dad and he called them sons. He adopted, you know, they'd ask him to adopt them. And I mean, it was just this real fun relationship that comes to life in all of these letters that they were writing him. And so I asked Bob if he had ever thought of putting him in a book. And 
he thought that would be a great idea, but he said he couldn't do it because they were so close to his heart. He said, I can't, I can't go back and, and read this. He told me to speak with his daughter, Linda, who was a, a one of his producers at the time producing his shows. We met and started talking about the letters and, and putting the book together. We met with some publishers and and then what happens in Hollywood, we, you know, you get onto other uh, projects and we were doing other things for Bob and, and it just, you know, got put aside for a little while. Well, then he passed away and I didn't know where the book stood after that. And, uh, and I had moved here to Tennessee. So I, you know, I didn't know every time I'd come across the manuscript because got pretty far along in it. I just felt, oh man, this would make such a great book, you know, with all these letters and whatnot. Uh, I get contacted by Linda, his daughter, and she says, would you like to go get back on that book? Yes. And oh my goodness, I was so excited. So jumped back into it. By then, uh, the the letters had gone up to the Library of Congress. And uh, I before we were working on it, it was, they were all at his house. But but this time it was, they, they were up at the uh, Library of Congress. And so now I'm in Tennessee. So I would go up to the, uh, to DC and worked there and finished the research and then just started writing it. And I'd send it to Linda and, you know, we'd go back and forth and it was going to come out in 2020, but it, uh, because of COVID and uh, whatnot, it didn't, but it came out in 2021, which we all still needed hope. Right. <laughs> and he's he's known for his timing. Uh, Bob Hope was known for his timing. And so I think it was uh, it came out when it needed to come out. And it it's just been very well received. The veterans uh, love it. And it it really tells the why of their relationship. And you, you get an understanding of why they were so connected and why he did so much for the military and who he was. The world was blessed to have him for a hundred years. He, he just didn't give up. And what a, what a, not only what a career, which he certainly had, but what a heart, man, mm. what a heart. Mm. And what is the title of the book? The full title, Dear Bob? Dear Bob, Bob Hope's Wartime Correspondence with the GIs of World War II. Thank you so much for sharing that, that little bit. And I'm just so delighted in your ministry, and I'm so delighted that you have taken time to come on the show today, Martha. I can't wait for the audience to go see the Confession Musical on February 20th, at least in Lexington. It's That's the day it's showing around the country. You can get the actual uh, cinema to go to and the show times. Well, you can go to Confession Musical Movie. Okay. And then fathom, fathom, fathom events, yeah. That's right, fathom, fathom events and stick your zip code in there and you can get the nearest theater to you to watch that. So, and support this, the wonderful message that you're going to hear in this particular movie. And also when you watch it, you'll be saying, hey, I now know, have a little snippet into the life of the playwright, someone who was so intimately involved in the production of that work. So we thank you so much. I couldn't be more delighted that you came on today. Thank you so much, Martha. Well, thank you. Thank you for having me. I can't wait for you to see the Confession musical. We're 21st century Christians and media. This is a form of media. We need to support Christian faith 
based media in any way, shape, or form that we can. This is one way. Plus, you get entertained when you do it. So go to the movie, see that movie, or if you're watching this or listening to this after the episode has dropped, please invest in that particular movie and you you'll be able to buy it i'm sure at different places so go ahead and get your copy of that it's a small way it's a small investment for you to support folks who are trying to put out movies and media with family values where you don't have to worry about fast forwarding through scenes you don't have to worry about the f-bomb being dropped or you know god's name taken in vain or a gazillion other things you you can sit back and enjoy you can be inspired you can learn something you can can leave the theater feeling like, wow, I just saw something powerfully important, something that impacts my life, something that encourages me to be a better person even in this world. So please support Christian and faith-based media. And that's a wrap, Brain Changer. And listen, if you like what you hear, would you leave us a one to two sentence review at Apple Podcasts, share the link with a friend, or tag me on your share on social media? It would mean the world to me and would help us to keep shining the light of Christ and sharing the good news to others who are in need of encouragement. Please visit us on our website at choosetothink.co. That's with the number two, choosetothink.co, to get on our monthly newsletter list. And if you need a guest speaker for your next women's retreat or church event, I'm your gal. Email me at choose to think at gmail.com. And that's with the number two, choose to think at gmail.com. Finally, I offer limited free mentoring sessions each month where you and I can chat to help you develop a strategy for your thoughts in any area of your life. I'm a certified life coach and I have something to share. Visit choose to think.co and click on mentoring for more details. Also, keep in mind that the messages on this show are for informational and educational purposes only. Please consult your medical doctor for all medical issues. Thank you again for tuning in. God bless you.